0: This is Tom Fox, and I would like to welcome you, greetings, and felicitations. In this podcast series, I'm going to be visiting with thought leaders, entrepreneurs, historians, and a wide variety of other people on topics that are outside the area of compliance, but are of great interest to myself and to listeners to the Compliance Podcast Network. In this podcast, I visit with John Assetti. John is an author of seven books about people, places, and things in Texas and the hill country of Texas. I interviewed him around his most recent book, Profiles in Leadership, which details leadership of business executives from Kerrville and the surrounding hill country. John is a 91 year old author, and if you ever needed inspiration about getting a book together, this is definitely the podcast for you. I enjoyed visiting with John, I enjoyed listening to his stories about his upbringing, how he got to Texas, and his writing style. He interviews authors extensively and then uses both recordings, and notes to create a very readable book. I know you'll enjoy this episode of Greetings and Felicitations. Greetings and Felicitations is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox back for another episode and today I have with me John Assetti. John is a Kerrville resident, and he is an author. I read about him in the paper, and he was having a book signing, so I went down and uh, got a book, had him sign it, and asked him if he come on the pod, and he said, sure. So, John, first of all, welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. John, what's your professional background?
1: Well, um, I was a former educator, uh, taught school uh, for 10 years, and then... Um, moved to the uh, state university of new york at geneseo new york uh this is their um, uh, lab school at the university i taught for one year then they asked me to serve as a helping teacher for new teachers the second year and then i was appointed assistant principal for four years so i was there for six years
0: so when did you get to texas
1: we got to texas in 1993 That's when we moved here, and we were going on uh, 29 years.
0: So what did you do when you got to Texas?
1: Well, actually, we had uh, applied for some volunteer work prior to coming here, and uh, we um, contacted a representative of three states, Texas, uh, New Mexico, and Arizona and we told uh, her what my qualifications were as well as my wife and um, she said she'd like to uh, read a resume of our backgrounds and then she'll get back to us and so that's what she did i hope you have a little sense of humor tom because Mm -hmm. my my sense of humor gets a little out of whack every now and then my wife's interpretation of all this is much different than mine but anyway um, i asked the uh, person uh, what state is she representing and she was from Texas I said ma'am please I, I can't come to Texas no way am I coming to Texas New Mexico or Arizona is fine but not uh, not Texas she said well why I said ma'am I really don't want to get into it and of course I'm teasing her the whole time with this uh, for a few minutes and then I said okay we'll tell you why I don't want to come to Texas now I'm afraid if we came there, I would get shot by a cowboy or killed by an Indian, Native American Indian. And there was a pause on the phone. And all of a sudden, she burst out laughing. She says, where have you been the last 100 years? And I said, well, I'm just kidding you. And I said, I hope you can appreciate my sense of humor. She said, yes, I do. I said, we're interested in coming to Texas. (laughs) And so... um, She said, we asked her, uh, what what does she have available for us? She said, well, we have a small town in North Texas, uh, about 200 people, we'd like you to do some work there with your qualifications, or we have a place on the border. I said, well, what will we do as a volunteer? Well, on the border, you'd work on construction. And I said, construction? I says, I I, I taught school, Uh, I can't get into construction. And 200 people in the community, no, it's gotta be a little bigger. She said, well, we have a third place, but it's only for one person. And that was Kerrville, Texas. And so I asked the question, where the hell is Kerrville? And then she explained to us uh, that it was a small town and it had uh, the airport in San Antonio was only an hour away. It has several nice golf courses. It's in the hill country uh people are wonderful uh a lot of good fishing in that area we said we'll take that we want to sleep on it overnight and then we'll call you tomorrow and let you know so my wife and i talked about it and i think we finally came to the conclusion that i would accept the position and while we're here she would look for another position while i was uh, while i was working here and uh so we called her the following morning and said we'll we'll take texas she said oh that's wonderful uh, I said um, I, I also mentioned to her I said um, are our qualifications what you're looking for she said absolutely absolutely we need more people like you in Texas I didn't question that because uh, I didn't want to get myself in trouble again so we said okay we'd be very happy to do it and so we set some dates and um, we bought ourselves a, a, a trailer and a band and got rid of a lot of stuff and
0: came to Texas. Well, we're glad to have you, John. Thank you, thank you. So what, uh, what is your interest in business leadership? Well, um, I just finished book
1: number seven and most of the books are, well, really all of the books are about people except for the first one, um, people of Texas and I wanted to tell their stories. Um, I had talked to a lot of people while we were here and I, I was introduced to a number of people and uh, I found them fascinating. And they were very warm and uh, very congenial and they had a great history of their background, maybe five, six, seven, eight generations. And I said, gee, I think that may be something I may be interested in writing about. She said, well, you, the person I spoke to, several people said, that probably would be a hit. Okay. And
0: so that's what I did. So uh, Profiles in Leadership. Let me turn to that book. The sure. thing that intrigued me the most uh, when I sat down with you at the book signing and looked through the book and talked to you a little bit was that there are lots of business leaders in this world you can focus on. They, wa- they There wa- are lots of business leaders you can focus on and you've cho- chose to focus on business leaders in Kerrville and, and professionals and professionals and professionals. Yes. So why did you focus on such a small little town for business leadership and professionals? Good question.
1: Actually the impetus for writing this book really started with my book on Women Warriors and I had interviewed 19 women from, the, from the Kirk County, small towns in the county. And one of the key questions I asked each of them is that when you retired from the military and, or you decided to leave the military and go home, how many, of you, how many people thanked you for your service?
0: Really? Yes. I find that really surprising in this day and age. Same here, shocking.
1: And so I, I thought about that for a couple of years as I finished the book on the Women Warriors. And I said, you know, I would like to write about people who have succeeded in their career fields, whether it's business or profession. I, I know a lot of them in Rotary Club, uh, uh, various organizations I belong to. I've met them. I've, I've met these people and talked to them. And I, and I found out how successful they were but I didn't know the story behind it. And that's why I selected the business and professional world of people on how they became successful in their career fields.
0: So uh, tell us a little bit about your process. Uh, when I met you, you described that a little bit. But did you interview folks? Did you uh, sit down with them and just ask them to tell you their story? How did you go about uh, that part of your process.
1: Okay, that, that was uh, an extremely important part of the process for me. Um, I made a list of 25 questions, designed specially designed, to elicit as much information as I can about each of the personalities I was going to in, uh, interview, and I interviewed each person. Um, Some I interviewed uh, at the historical center next to the library here in town. Uh, Some were at the offices or homes of the people that I contacted, and one person came here and sat in that chair that you're sitting in. So it was a variety of places. and um, Now, I, I met some for an hour, some for two and three hours, some for four and five hours. They had a lot to say. And one of the interesting outcomes of all this, and I found extremely difficult to comprehend myself, is how elated they were to be asked to do this. One person in particular couldn't understand why she was asked. And uh, she's near the beginning of the book and um, she uh, has a very fascinating story to tell. And um, I was very impressed in interviewing her. And um, it was a difficult time for her uh, at the beginning. But she got through all of this and put herself out. She wanted to succeed. She had no choice. She had to succeed. Otherwise, she'd be nobody and nothing. Uh, the story's in the book, by the way. Uh, and her name is um, Kathy, mm-hmm. Kathy Andrews. Did you read that story? Yes. In the beginning. Oh, just a fascinating, awesome story she had. She's a good friend of mine. And um, so it was people like that that said, uh, you know, I've always wanted to write a book, but I don't know how. And here you come along and you're willing to step in and write my story. And this is just wonderful. so much that they, they were appreciated so much that I, did, that I did this. To me, I didn't see it as, as, as that. I thought it was just something I was just going to do and recogni- get some recognition for them. Uh, others um, I knew from Rotary, either husbands or wives. Uh, some I knew, uh, townspeople that I knew personally. Uh, being involved in different organizations. So I, I ended up with 20 people. However, I had to drop two. One person had to drop out because her employer said, nope, sorry, we cannot allow you to write any information about our business. And she was very devastated with that. Great story, too. And another person who had a very high uh position uh, had to go out of town quite a bit and could never finish what i was asking him to do i would interview them and put it on my tape on my um, computer i would edit it then i would send it to them they all knew this send it to them it's your personal story make any edits that you want to make people know who you are make any corrections you want it's up to you, and then I'll do another correction for editing. And then I had a good friend of mine uh, who uh, has been editing for years. And she made the final edit, and then I made actually the final one after that. So there must have been five edits. And um, now a few people were a little disturbed that they had to do that. But they came through with flying colors, and they're very pleased with the results because it's their story. They know their story better than I do. And I wanted to make sure that um, all the facts were correct because the computer sometimes swears at me and it swears at them too. <coughs> and you know that, you've probably gone through that a hundred times or more. And so um, everything worked out real well. Uh, some of them I took out to lunch because we didn't have enough time to finish. And they were very receptive to doing that. I had no problem doing that. I thank them left and right because they were taking time from their schedule to come and meet with me. Um, And then I would spend many, many evenings in this room editing, sometimes at two, three, four o'clock in the morning. Or I'd go to bed early and I'd wake up about three and I'd start editing again. But see, I have a passion for that. I, I enjoyed that. I didn't mind that at all uh and then once i was through i put it aside it's completed and then i had to work through all the others so that was the process
0: and then uh you i think you self-published the book is yes that, and then uh you released it uh, to the community uh i met you at a book signing have you had other events where you've been yes. able to talk about the book
1: yes yes in fact uh the book was published by amazon and uh in fact the last two books were published by amazon and um, what I did was um, I uh, had a number of book signings here in town, uh, the entertainment store, the bookstore in the mall, uh, the hometown craft, uh, the, uh, the, the restaurant in, uh, in Hunt, the Hunt store. The Hunt store. There you go. Uh, so and I have a few more lined up so that's that's what
0: I've been doing so uh, were there two or three that sort of stood out to you for any reason that or or that you particularly enjoyed hearing about
1: oh yeah well actually they were all they were all just fascinated
0: um,
1: but the key to the whole thing are these questions uh, I, I want to point that out because uh, now and I did I did ask the, uh, the clients if they would like to have a copy of the question, they, oh, I would love to have a copy, to look at it before we interview them. So I emailed this to them. I think maybe one or two did not uh, ask for it, but I sent this out quite a few times. And some of them even wrote out the information on their own paper just so they remember what they wrote. And um, so that, that all turned out real well. I was very, very pleased with that. In fact, I was pleased with all of the people and they were all very impressive and the, the things that that i uh, recall is that um, all of these people had drive they all had determination they all had a willingness to share their story not only successes but failures too because a lot of them had a lot of failures before they succeeded and that's all in the book. Um, I found it amazing, for example, well, I have, um, I have the book right here. Uh, I'll just quote a few things, um, but maybe I should also point this out, is that um, in my introductory, introductory section, I had uh, four people that were very good friends of mine Uh, that I have included in here, not their stories, but I wanted to recognize and give them credit because they were an inspiration to me. And they motivated me to write the book, and they don't even know it. And, for example, now, uh, one person was named Patrick Carroll uh, from uh, Bradford, Pennsylvania. And he was in charge of a... um, a handicap program with 500 clients from preschool to adults. 500 of them, quite a big staff. And I was on his board of directors, so I found out how he really was. And he was a leader, he was a true leader. Very quiet, very reserved, asked a lot of questions. Good listener, very good listener. That's one of the key points most of them made. Uh, another person was uh, Dr. Bill Fike. He and I were very good friends. We played racquetball for quite a few years. Uh, you know what racquetball is? I certainly do. Okay, and I, I had fun. Another guy uh, is here also. And we, um, we did a lot of fishing together and we also traveled together. And another one was uh, Daniel Mat- Leska from Rhode Island. He started off as an assistant uh, administrator at a local hospital up in New York State. And he ended up being, um, are you ready for this now, Uh, President, MD Management Services Incorporated, MW Medical Management Associates, two health care consulting companies providing services to physicians, hospitals, and community health centers. They have all succeeded in their careers. Now with Dr. Fike, I remember sitting around in his office every now and then, and his staff and his patients, adored him loved him he was so patient he was so good with everyone so that that's very very important to me that people inspired me and there's a last another person who's at the end and he's a nephew of mine and he had difficulty in school a lot of difficulty and when he barely graduated from high school he served part-time as a bartender and he also taught uh, hockey to young kids for 15 years. And then he decided, this was not my life. I have to do something. He read an article in one of the local newspapers about an educational program uh, on uh, running uh, hockey lo- hockey uh, rinks, uh, not rinks, but um,
0: No, ice hockey rinks, that's it, skating rinks.
1: Yeah, skating rinks for professional hockey. And he says, that's what I want to do. So he decided to apply for school there in Minnesota, Red Flag, Minnesota. And first year was tough, very tough. He had no money. He slept on the floor. He only ate stuff that he could beg from people first year. Second year, oh my God, they made him Vice President of the Student Council. He received all kinds of awards. And now he opened up a business. He, he, he did, he, he did operate some of these places uh, in Albany and one in Buffalo, New York um, and one others. But uh, what is interesting is he decided that he had to find something permanent. So he spent four months at, a, at the library in Buffalo researching running a business with a hockey rink or opening up a wine and uh, whiskey store or spirit store. And he and his wife, wonderful woman, they decided on the last one, the wine and and, um, spirit store. And they've done extremely well, (laughs) extremely well. And he's been extremely successful. That's inspiration to me. You understand where I'm coming from? I do. That's how this book came about. So who are the people now that uh, are in the book, two or three of them? Uh, I mentioned um, uh, Kathy Andrews. Her, her beginning was just uh, very sad. Um, got married, had two kids. Uh, she had no background in education, just a high school diploma, and then she found out her husband had to do a lot of traveling with his business, and then he came home once and said, I have been, I've not been a good husband, I've been fooling around. And then she found out from someone else that he was in jail, he had been in jail and still was in jail. and got divorced and she had to decide what to do. She cleaned houses. She taught uh, at uh, one of the gyms in town and she was promoted there. And then they finally gave her a full-time job and now she's running her own business. I mean, remarkable from nothing, wonderful person. Diane Green is the president and CEO of the Kerr County Abstract and Tile Company. She started off as a Uh, as a receptionist in the business. Now she's the president and CEO of her own business. (laughs) What a story these people have, just amazing. And another person uh, is um, uh, Drew Whitehead, who was a doctor of optometry, optometry. And he had bad eyes when he was a kid, he had a bad infection. And he wanted to know about that. And he was a very intelligent person, by the way. I think he was gifted. And that particular problem motivated him to go into optometry. And he's very successful, he's a young fella. And another person at the end I have here, she is from Comfort. And uh, her name is Dinah Zike and she's the director of the Dinah Academy, Dinah Might Adventure LLP. She's a K-12 author and consultant with McGraw-Hill. She's an author uh, and from Comfort, Texas. And she used to develop educational materials, but no business or industry was interested in her materials at all, none. So she started her own business she's traveled all over the world <laughs> giving lectures to all kinds of people Makes sense it does so, my purpose in doing the book is to recognize these people through book form and to speak of them when I go out and give talks
0: so in uh, doing some research for this podcast I discovered uh, as you said you've written multiple books You've written books about photography. You've written books about wineries. You wrote a book about women warriors. And now we have profiles in leadership. And the the other thing that strikes me or struck me in addition to you really telling the stories of Texans is you are endlessly curious. I don't know if that's why you became a teacher. I don't know if that's in your DNA. But why would you say you are so endlessly curious?
1: Well... Let me go back a a little bit on this. Uh, I was the first person in my family to go to college. My two brothers dropped out of college. My sister just got through high school. I was the only one. My, My parents had very little education. And so how the heck did I survive that? I almost didn't, but I did. And through friends who were all going to college. And I said, hey, I'm going to college too. I was a musician for about three years in high school. I said, Well, I'm going to go to the State University of New York at Fredonia.
0: This is Tom Fox New York hope you've enjoyed this and podcast and episode my special arrangement with one year aj and his colleagues and said, at the lunar company the i'm going to post episode one to earth eclipse I had, I had next week on greetings and felicitations if you enjoy fiction if you enjoy science fiction uh, check out the podcast it's fabulous struggle, in all forms both the writing it. and production
1: and i was told that musicians are a dime a dozen so i changed my curriculum to education from music to education, and I went in the military for four years. I was still so young, so naive, uh, but I gained a lot of experience. I, I really matured. I went in as a young, naive boy, and came out as a very mature man. And that's when I began doing some critical thinking. What do I want to do with my life? I'm just not going to just do nothing. I've got to succeed. I want to prove to me I can do it. I want to prove to my parents and my brothers and sisters that I have the macho thing to do. I can do this and I'm going to do it. I have to thank one person who kept me alive and through his efforts and interests made me a success. And that was my dad. When I was 16, I said, Dad, I said, I got to get a job someplace and make some money. We had no money. I got to have some money. I said, I want to buy a car and chase girls, like most boys. He smiled at me. He had a third grade education. But boy, he was, oh, very sharp. He had no choice. And uh, he said, Are you serious about this? You want to get a job to chase girls? I said, well, at least get a job to make money so I can buy a car anyway. And he said, said, well, let me think about it. Well, about three or four days later, he came over and said, do you really wanna work? You're young, you're only 16. You should really go to school and not end up like me. He was a laborer. And I said, that's what I wanna do. He said, okay, I think I have a job for you. I said, for real? Yeah. He says, tomorrow morning, are you ready? I said, sure, I'm ready to go. So the following morning we get up and we had to walk two miles to where he was working. We didn't have a car. And he said, you see this building which is being built? It's just the frame of the house of, of, of this business. He said, we're gonna go inside, Johnny. So we went inside and there was nothing in there except a huge pile of rocks almost to the ceiling. He said, see that shovel? Grab that shovel. And I have a shovel here. We have to level this all the way, all the way across to make it in a floor. I said, no problem, dad, none. So eight hours shoveling stones. I didn't realize it was that tough. All kinds of calluses in my hands. We walked home. I don't know how I got home, but I, I, I walked home. And we had three steps in our house to get to the kitchen. I got to the first step and I stopped. I put my hand on my jaw and fell fast asleep. At nine o'clock, my mother woke me up. Johnny's, aren't you gonna eat? Mom, I am beat, I'm exhausted, I'm going right to bed. Okay, following morning, man, I'm ready to go. I said, let's go, Dad, ready to go to work. Same thing on the second day. I got to the second step at home. Went the right fast asleep, no dinner. The third morning I wasn't as excited, but I got up to go. And while I was shoveling rocks, I said, this is not for me. I, I'm not gonna do this for my life's work. I, I've, got to, I've got to go to school, I've got to learn. I've got to really do the best I can in school, even though my background was not great. So at noontime, I said, Dad, we're ready to have lunch. My mother bagged the lunch for us. I said, Dad, uh, I have something important to tell you. Yeah, sure, go ahead. I said, I've made a decision. I've decided to go to school like you recommended. So this is my last day. And I'm leaving now, and I'll go home and make lunch or take lunch and eat it at home. And he gave me a nice smile, and that was my incentive to go to school, study as hard as I can. Now that's not the end of the story. That's the beginning of the story. Throughout my high school years and my college years whenever I had difficulty in courses or writing or homework, I would sit back in my chair and then all of a sudden I would see a cloud. And in that cloud was this big rock pile. And I said, okay, I I, I hear you well. (laughs) And went back to my work and things would just flow out of my mind and just do the work well. And that happens throughout my life, whenever things got tough.
0: So John, let's, uh, let's maybe look down the road. Uh, do you have another book in you? And if so, what are you thinking about? Or what are you even curious about now?
1: Well, I, I, have, I have several ideas, but I need to explain something to you. I'm 91 years old. My time is short. <laughs> 91 and a half. But I still have that grit. I still have that determination. The book that I really wanted to do, but I couldn't find people, and that was on um, disabled veterans. I was only able to find three or four that were willing to tell their story. The rest were not interested in telling their story. So I said, okay, I respect that, no problem at all. So then I began thinking about what else can I write about? And what I thought was, why not your autobiography? That would be a great book to write, to give to my children. relatives, not interested in selling any place, but to give it to the family. Because I do have an interesting background of all the things that I've done, uh, but I have to be very careful with some of the things that I've done. Uh, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't spill the beans on everything. But a lot. How I got through, I'll give you a couple of examples. Okay? Um, incident happened when I was in third grade. And it was an incident that almost destroyed me, almost destroyed me. I asked the teacher if I can go to the bathroom. She's not right now, but we'll, we'll let you go soon, because we're reading right now in third grade. And I really had to go, oh man. So she called three kids up to the front of the room, and then she called me to go up there too. Well, that was a big mistake to make on her part. And I asked her again, can I go to the bathroom please? She said, well, why don't we just finish this reading? Each of you are gonna do a little reading, then we'll sit down, then you go. I said, okay. Well, I could not hold it. And right in front of the classroom, I peed my pants. And once some of the kids in the front row saw it, a big puddle of water, they all hollered out, Johnny peed his pants, Johnny peed his pants. And they all kept running to the front of the room. I was so embarrassed. I My self-esteem went down in the cellar. I lost my confidence of who I was. So the teacher sent me home to change and I told my mother I'm not going back to school. I'm all through with school. I'm done. She said, you're going back to school. Here's a change of clothes. Take a quick shower. Go back to school. And you're going back? If not, I will take you back the most loving person I ever met and boy did they laugh when I got back to school Oh, I was so embarrassed I must have turned all kinds of colors that happened in third grade fourth grade fifth grade sixth grade middle school high school college and even after I graduated from college and I started teaching I would see kids in the community and they say hey John you remember you paid your pants oh man I'll tell you what it was it was just terrible I thought I had lost everything. I thought for sure I could never succeed in life. And uh, But I finally realized after spending time thinking about it, uh, what they were doing, they were just acting like kids, you know. And I had an accident. I said, I've got to prove that I am capable of doing something. Doing something. I can handle it. I can do it. And that was the incentive for me to work hard in my education and in my career field. So that was, um, it was not until I got to 12th grade, when we I took a speech class, just to get something out of me, be able to succeed. And I uh, we could talk about anything we wanted. And uh, I was a percussionist, I played drums, during those years. And so I, I, we, we had our program out at the, in the auditorium. So I laid, all out, I laid out all the percussion instruments we had. We played in band and orchestra. And I talked about each one and played each one and the impact it had on the music. I spoke for most of the class time. And two of the kids who were extremely bright and good speakers came up and after, you beat the hell out of me, John, in your talk. You were great. That's all I needed. Someone said I was great. No one before that. Those PJ pants, PJ pants, PJ pants. So that was great. And then uh, as I started um, working, I made sure that whatever I did was done perfectly. Everything I did was done with quality behind it and always received credit for it. And I finally got out of that, what do you want to call it? Um,
0: Mindset? What is it? Mindset.
1: Got out of that mindset and finally went on to succeed in my educational career. And um, I also, um, when I joined Rotary Club, I was able to give a lot of talks I did a lot of traveling abroad with Rotary. Uh, I spoke with the, in Argentina, we were there for four weeks. I led a group of five young people, and we all had to give a talk at the end. I did mine in Spanish. I had someone help me in front of 800 people. I had one person, an Argentinian, who came up to me after and was crying, and I said, well, are you okay? Everything okay? Something wrong? Family? He said, "No, no, no, no." He said, "Your talk was so impressive. I really appreciate it. Said, you spoke from the heart." Holy macro. I, I didn't expect that at all. That was a shocker. But that helped me a lot. That means whatever you do, do it well. Whatever you give a talk, give it your best shot.
0: Work at it, plan for it, and you'll succeed. And that's what's happened. Well, John, I can't think of a better way to end this podcast. I've been talking with John Asetti, author of Profiles in Leadership. We're going to link to his book in our show notes. Uh, I found it to be a very powerful book and, frankly, a lot of fun uh, as well. So I hope our listeners will uh, take a look at it, and I hope we can continue this conversation. This is Tom Fox again. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of Greetings and Felicitations. I will be exploring how authors create, what drives them to write, and why you can take inspiration from their stories about how they put their books or books together. Readings and Felicitations continues this tradition. Greetings and Felicitations is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.